Hello again, everybody. It's Chris O'Mealy with episode two of my one-man podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to the first episode. I got some phenomenal feedback on it, way more positive feedback than I actually thought I was going to get, and that has inspired me to continue with the show. So this is episode two. I'm recording this on Monday. All the wonderful patrons of Club Kayfabe will get to hear this episode on Monday. Everybody else will be hearing this episode on Wednesday. So thank you guys for the wonderful feedback and for continuing to tune in. I have prepared tons and tons of topics of things to talk about. And like I said, I did reach out to the patrons and ask them for opinions on things that they'd like me to talk about. Along with some of the great positive feedback that I got, I got an awesome comment from one of our patrons, a good friend of mine out in Minnesota. His name is Brian. And Brian made a really good point here. He said, I love the show. I love how casual you are. You don't feel the need to try to be funny. You're just being yourself. The one thing, though, is don't worry about what everybody wants you to talk about and talk about the things that you want to talk about. And Brian, that is some excellent advice. Inadvertently, as a patron, you actually gave me the topic for this week's show, just like I requested from the patrons. I said if you guys had an idea, let me know and I will talk about it. Well, Brian's idea was for me to just talk about whatever I wanted to talk about. So that's exactly what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do episode two with the topic that I had originally planned for episode two, had I not gotten anything else from the patrons. So we're going to talk about a topic that I've put a lot of thought into, um, probably way more thought than I really should, and that would be what would happen if I won the lottery. Now, here's the thing. There's a 0% chance that I am ever going to win the lottery. Yeah, I know. People say, well, there's very, very small odds. You know, you have better chance of being struck by lightning or abducted by aliens or whatever than you have of winning the lottery. No, my chances are actually zero. And I know that there's zero because I don't actually play the lottery. I never buy lottery tickets, not even scratch-offs. So it's kind of funny to me that I think about something that I have no chance of doing because even if the odds of winning the lottery are astronomically small... You can't win something that you never, ever play. So this is a purely hypothetical situation. But let's say that, yeah, I did decide to start playing the lottery again, and I decided to go out and buy a lottery ticket, and I actually struck it big. Or, who knows, there could be another scenario in there. Maybe it's one of those situations where it turns out that somebody leaves me a lot of money, or I inherit a lot of money because I save a rich person's life, or... I actually get up and publish something or produce something that starts making me a lot of money. It, basically, I have money to burn. It, this scenario would only really work if I actually won, like, one of those huge jackpots, like hundreds of millions of dollars. I had all kinds of money, like a life, you know, like 10 lifetime supplies of money, and I never had to worry about it again. What would I actually do with all that money? Well, like I said, I've given this a lot of thought. Now, like most people, the very first thing that I would do is I would pretty much cash out half of it. Um, cash out half, pay my taxes on it immediately, and use that as my take home. The remainder, I would have them put it in like separate deposits and have that transpire weekly for the next 20, 30 years or so. Some kind of guaranteed income coming in. That way, I have something guaranteed. I'm not forced to continue working because I technically have an income coming in. Whether I want it or not, you know, is irrelevant. 
But then there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Would you actually stop working? Would you do something else with your life? Would you just sit around? Would you become a recluse? Would you travel? What would you do with all that money? So let's kind of go in order here. So in this situation, I've just learned that I have won the lottery and I've, I've cashed out and I've made my plan. Whether or not I'm doing the, the payouts or I decided to take the lump sum, I've paid all my taxes on it and now everything remaining in my account is mine to do whatever I want. Let's say it's like 100, 200 million dollars. Something ridiculous. Something where you can really play with it. So like most people, the very first thing I would do is erase all my debts. I know that's a cliche answer, but I think pretty much everybody who is listening to this has some form of debt somewhere. You owe something on something. Maybe you are still paying off your car. Maybe you're still paying off your student loans. Maybe you've got some credit cards that you're paying off. Or you've got a, a, some kind of a life scenario where you have to keep putting money towards it. You got kids. You got pets. You got dependents. Maybe you have an elderly parent that lives with you. I know pretty much all of my friends who I know are definitely listening to this have something like that in their lives. And I know that the first thing you would do is use that money to kind of put yourself in that comfortable situation. Erase all your debts, um, pay off that house, pay off that car, pay off those credit cards, have that nest egg so that your elderly parents or your grandparents or your young children and even your pets now have a little security blanket to fall under. I think most of us would pretty much do that, and honestly, that's a very reasonable and very adult way of doing things. Because even if I did come into a bunch of money, I wouldn't ever want to be in debt again. So that would be the very first thing I would eliminate. And I think a lot of people would be in that same boat. So that part's done. Okay, so what do I do next? Well, first thing I would probably do is build my dream house. And then I would use the remainder of it to open a dream business. And that's kind of what I'm going to talk about here. So the dream house is something, again, I've put a lot of thought into. And... I know that if I was going to have my dream home, it wouldn't be what a lot of people's dream homes would probably look like. And I feel like there's a lot of people, at least I know a lot of people, who their dream home would pretty much be this elaborate mansion, this beautiful house, multiple stories on giant acres and everything. But that's never really been me. As I've gotten older... I've kind of realized that a big house is really not something that would be as much fun as I think it would be. What I'd rather have is a big party basement underneath a very nice house. And my house would probably be one story if I had to actually build it myself. I'd probably buy a decent little piece of land, enough to build my house on, but not too big, because... I don't necessarily need to be isolated from people, but at the same time, I want some privacy. And I don't necessarily want a huge yard because yard work has never been something I've enjoyed doing. I think that's one of those things, you know, when you're a kid and your main chore in the house is mowing the lawn and you have an annoying lawn to mow because the house I grew up on had some hills. There was a hill in the back, a hill in the front, a huge patch of grass on the side, and then a smaller obnoxious patch of grass that didn't get a lot of sunlight but still needed to be mowed on the other side. So like mowing the lawn could just be annoying and complicated and not really that much fun. In retrospect, it wasn't that bad because it was exercise. And I remember mowing the lawn during some of those times when like you could just kind of let your mind, your mind wander. Um, but 
I'd probably want at least a nice looking front yard with some trees in it and some flowers and some because I, I don't want I don't want like a manicured lawn. I want a lawn that's lively because I want it to be good for the bees and the butterflies and the birds and all that. Uh, I'd probably even have a bat house up just to keep the mosquitoes at bay. Um, and then the backyard would mostly be done up with a big deck and a swimming pool. Because even though I always hated tending the swimming pool when I was a kid, I still liked the idea of having a swimming pool. So I think I would suck it up and do the chores involved with cleaning the pool just to have the luxury of having the pool again. And I would probably do it Florida style with the screened in lanai just to keep the elements mostly out. I know there's, you can't do everything about bugs and some little stuff is still going to get in, but at least with the screen protection, you can keep your pool relatively cleaner than you could the kind of pool that I grew up in. So the house would pretty much be one story. Um, it kind of sounds funny and cliche a little bit, but it would probably look a lot like the house in the Clue game, where it would be one story house with several big rooms and just be a wide area. And I know in the movie there's an upstairs and everything, but we're talking about the actual like board here. Um, you'd walk in, there'd be a nice little welcome, uh, not really a hallway, I don't really know what you call it, a foyer, I guess. Nice little welcome area. I'd probably have the dining room and the kitchen off to one side, same side as the garage, living room on the other side, and then in the back of the house would be all the bedrooms, offices, etc. Probably put four in there, and again, if I'm designing this myself, I would probably have, let's see, at least a private bathroom for the master, a regular bathroom for the other bedrooms, and then there would definitely be at least a half bath near the front of the house for guests, but also the basement's going to be key here, and I'd probably at least have a toilet and sink down there too for when I have company over. The party basement's always been the big dream of mine, and I really wanted just a, a large ranch-style house, one story, and the main reason is because I'm, I, I think a lot about future scenarios too when I plan stuff like this. So if I'm planning out my own house, the big thing for me is going to be this is a house I want to live in for the rest of my life, so I really don't want it to be two stories because at some point I'm going to become too old to deal with the second story. Now, I know someone's going to say, but you're going to put in a basement. Yeah, you're right, but a party basement isn't like a necessity thing that you're going to go to every day, especially when you're older. That's more or less like if you have a two-story home and the bedrooms are upstairs and the kitchen's downstairs, then you have to spend all day long traipsing up and down the stairs whereas the basement becomes a choice. So to me, that's not really the same thing. So give me my nice one-story home. That way, if my parents get older and they can't handle anything anymore and I need to bring them in and move them in with me, I can do that. They can just move into my house without any worry about anything else either. And that's always something that I've given a lot of thought to as well because both of my parents are in their 70s now. So again, that's just one of those things that you kind of think about. And I know not a lot of people think that way, but I know most of my friends and a lot of people my age and a lot of people listening to this, I think, have that mindset where they do they do think about the future and they do think about compassion for other people because my circle has become a very compassionate circle of people. And I've let it get a lot smaller for good reason because there are people who don't think like that and don't care about other people. And some of our friendships have 
severed a little bit, and that's fine. But we're not talking about that on this episode. We're, we're having fun talking about a scenario that may never happen, but it's nice to dream anyway. So yeah, let's say that that would be my dream house. Um, the actual details of the house itself aren't really that important to me. Like, I want to at least have a kitchen that's got nice appliances, but it doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be big enough to store everything. The dining room should be big enough where I can host a large gathering if I want to, but I don't necessarily have to. The living room, of course, should be big enough to host people in it. And then, like I said, the bedroom just has to be big enough to be functioning. And several different rooms, because one of them would probably be an office, one of them would probably be a gaming room, or a recording room, um, but they would all be guest rooms, and they'd be set up so I could have companies spend the night. So, yeah, that would pretty much be the dream house scenario. Now, as far as the party basement goes, the party basement would just be a large furnished room. Well, it would be two rooms, because I would have a private movie theater downstairs that I would do a bunch of sound insulation for, and put a giant screen television in there with some really nice recliners, uh, lights that you can dim, decorate it with movie memorabilia, and probably have game systems and everything hooked up there. I would soundproof it so you could really blast the sound and not affect the rest of the house. And then outside of there would be the actual party elements. The, the dream things I would always want in a house. A pool table, first off, because I love playing pool and I've always wanted to have my own pool table. And I would buy one with the actual ball filter and everything, you know, do, do it upright. Not the one with the, the nets where you got to collect the balls at the end. I know I could probably get one of those. I know they're relatively cheap. They're like five $600. With a little bit of disposable income, I could afford that, so I could have a pool table. But again, I want to do this big and I want to do it right. I'll get an air hockey table for sure, because I always love playing air hockey. Um, the ping pong table, maybe I would get something where I could like put the ping pong stuff as an overlay on the pool table, but I was never a big ping pong guy. That would more be like for the guests and not really for me. You know, like, yeah, I know you can't really play air hockey by yourself, but you can absolutely play pool by yourself. Um, I would have a couple of arcade games and definitely a pinball machine. Because I always love playing pinball. And people always go, well, what kind of pinball machine would you get? Well, that's, that's a good question. It would probably be themed to something fun. The arcade games I would get, I would, I would want the Simpsons arcade game, for sure. And I would probably get, like, the Ninja Turtles arcade game the X-Men arcade game, and the WrestleMania arcade game, which that should be no shock to anybody who knows me that those would be the four go-tos there. And then I know they make those one-up cabinets that have, like, multiple games on them, so I'd probably get one or two of those that had a good variety of classic stuff so people could play Donkey Kong and Pac-Man and Galaga and those kind of things. And then that would pretty much be, like, the, the party room down there, and I'd probably have a bar set up I'd probably have um, cool lighting and things like that, and that would be where I would host people and have them come over, and that would be my house, and I'd have stuff that I could entertain myself with. I'd have my movie room to watch my movies, and I'd probably put all my game systems down there, so if I want to play a little Grand Theft Auto, I can use my giant TV and my surround sound system, which would also be hysterical to play something like Animal Crossing on, because... You know, you really need HD TV and surround sound to play some Animal Crossing. Although, who knows, listening to the sound of those fish biting might actually help with surround sound. So that would be the house. But, okay, I've got this money. I don't technically have to work anymore. 
but I really should have an income coming in for the future because I don't want to be that guy who foolishly spends all of his money. I want to be able to travel and do all this other stuff and, you know, see the world, but yeah, I definitely want something to still come in because eventually I want to be able to pass this stuff on to somebody, whether or not I ever have my own kids or just an heir to give all this stuff to. Maybe one of your kids who I d deem is really cool. And some of you have some pretty cool kids. Maybe they'll be the heir to my fortune. My wonderful lottery fortune that doesn't exist. They'll be like the little baby Yoda. So what kind of business would I open? Again, I've given this a lot of thought too. And if I had the money to open any kind of a business I wanted, I would open an entertainment complex. I'd buy a piece of commercial land and I would build a big building on it that would house a couple of different things inside. Number one would be a giant arcade. Uh, I've been to a couple of really cool arcades like the, um, the Barcades in New York City, the Works at Why I'm Missing here in uh, Pennsylvania, Disney Quest, for example, which eh, was a little too gimmicky at times. But I'd put in an arcade. I'd get all kinds of classic games and stuff. I'd, I'd really load it with variety. And I would probably put all the games on free play and just charge a cover. You know, okay, pay this price to get in and then enjoy yourselves, which can be a very successful business model for a lot of these different machines. And then everything's on free play, so people just play at their will. And I'd probably give them like a little wristband or something so that they knew they paid to get in. Um, you know, something like that. Hand stamp or something. So people could come and go as they please too. Because I would also have a bar and a restaurant set up inside so people could eat, they could drink, they could have fun. And I wouldn't go too crazy with the indoor stuff. Like, I'm probably not going to do, like, go-karts and batting cages and things like that. I'd probably stick more with the arcade and get some of the cool arcade stuff I've seen at some of these places, like the, the Plinko machine and everything. Um, I've seen some of the Japanese arcade ideas. They're like excessive claw machines. I was never big on claw machines, but if people want to go for it, by all means, go for it. And I'd probably do the deal with the tickets and the prizes and everything. So you pay your cover charge, and then you can try to win some prizes if you can. All right, so that takes care of the arcade portion. What else would be in this building? I'd have a movie theater. Um, maybe just even a one screen, actually. I'd probably have a, a nice little stadium seating set up have a big screen theater, and it wouldn't be new releases. We would do, like, movie nights throughout the week. We would schedule stuff. Maybe each week we'd have a certain movie playing two or three times a night, and we would pick what it was. We could theme it for the season. So, like, in October, we'll play a slew of Halloween-themed movies. We'll play the original Halloween. We'll play the new Halloween. We'll play Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, we'll play whatever whatever strikes my fancy, pretty much. Um, I would also probably use it to host sporting events, like come here, buy a ticket, and watch the Super Bowl, watch WrestleMania, watch the MMA fights, watch the World Series, watch all this stuff. Like, yeah, put some, maybe put some TVs in the bars for certain kind of sporting events, for like that one sporting event you can get on the big screen and watch it. So I would definitely have a lot of fun with that play some Star Wars, play some Harry Potter, some Lord of the Rings, stuff that I like. Hot Fuzz, definitely going to play that. So I'd have the movie theater set up, um, and I know there's like logistics for buying the ticket and, and selling and everything, but we'd have the bar and everything. We'd have the snack bar so people could bring all their stuff in, fill up the theater, watch the show, have fun, and then go back and play some arcade games. So 
So I got my arcade, I got my restaurant, and I got my movie theater. One more crucial piece of element is going to go here. There's going to be a stage-type room. And in there, I'm going to have concerts, and I'm going to have wrestling shows. And maybe even some cage fighting, too. And I'm going to rent that space out for people, and then I'm going to host my own events, too. So in that room, we'll have some live music performances. We'll get some bands to come in and perform. Uh, bands that I that I like, sell some tickets. We'd make it pretty big, and then we could set up a ring, set up an octagon, and we could have some good old-fashioned sporting fights. Sell tickets to that, have wrestlers come in, have MMA fighters come in, and that's like your one-stop complex right there. So there would always be something going on for people to enjoy. And if you want to show up and just do the movie, you can do the movie, you can do the MMA thing. Each thing would probably be a separate price of admission, and then I'd probably do like a deal where you could get into everything. Of course, when there's a special event going on plus the movie, that would probably be a little tougher. You might have to pick and choose what you want, but that's all part of running the business. But that would be like my dream business right there. And one of the things I remember people talking about was like, oh, you should host like a, a nerd-themed bar where instead of sporting events, they play like the Doctor Who premiere or blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, that would actually be the point. Like, yeah, I would play whatever was popular for the sporting event stuff. Like maybe the bar would even be sectioned off. Like, okay, there's a there's a playoff game happening in the NBA. You can watch that over here. But here's here's the latest premiere of The Walking Dead, and you can watch that in this room. So I'd probably have it set up pretty decently. And of course, I'd probably buy enough room where I could expand if another idea did strike my fancy. But more than likely, that would pretty much be what it would be. I think the only thing that I would definitely do as far as like... Like, I don't know if I would do bowling per se, but I would probably put in a putt-putt course and I'd make it indoors. That way it could be open year-round because up here in Pennsylvania, we have to factor in for these things. This isn't like Florida, where you can play mini golf all year round, which is nice. That's one thing I actually do miss about Florida, is a lot of the activities were year round. The outdoorsy stuff uh, it doesn't really fly up here in PA. But, I mean, there are things that, like, people have asked about your expertise, like, would you ever open your own kind of theme park? No, probably not. I think that the closest thing I would have to rides would be the games in the arcade. I don't think I'd actually have, like, a ride set up. And then I remember talking to somebody about, would you ever open your own hotel? Because you got all these years of hotel experience. Yeah, probably not a bad idea in this kind of a complex to have a hotel there. But I don't know if I necessarily want to own the hotel. I would probably be more open to having somebody open the hotel and partner with me. And I make a little bit of profit off of that. But ultimately, it would still be their business because yeah, that's the only thing about that is that at least with my entertainment complex... I can close it when I want to close it. Hotels, you can't really do that. That was always a big thing about when I was a hotel manager that I didn't like was that the business was open 24-7, which meant if it was 3 in the morning on Christmas Eve and there was a problem, I still had to deal with it. There was no, we're closing down, go enjoy your holiday, we'll see you back here on Monday. Like, that wasn't, that doesn't happen in hotels. And it really didn't happen in theme parks either. Like, yeah, we went home for the day, but we always worked on the holidays. And my entertainment complex, I would 
I would definitely want it to be successful. I would really want to pay the people that work there a nice wage to encourage them to work there, encourage the applications to come in, but then also to get quality people too. Because I believe, this is a conversation I had at the Lancaster Host Resort with my old boss, Ben. Hi, Ben. If you're listening to this, I don't think you are, because I can't friend you on Facebook because you don't got the option to do that. I doubt you're listening to this, and that's fine. But if you are, if anybody passes this on to old Ben, remember this conversation that we had. I was trying to convince him to pay the convention setup staff more money, and he didn't want to do it because he didn't think they would work. They were working hard enough to earn that money. Uh, and they didn't want to work harder because they weren't getting paid enough to work hard. It was one of those horrible circles that nobody's going to win from. The workers will not work harder because you're not paying them enough, and you won't pay them enough because they're not working hard enough for you to justify paying them. So how do you fix that problem? Well, you have to fix it with the person who has the power to fix the problem, and that would have been him. That would have been the person in charge. And what I would have said was, let's say that, you know, let, let's let's even say that the minimum wage gets raised to 15 an hour, and that's what I'm expected to pay my workers at this place, but I've got some money coming in, and I'm confident about it, and I'm I'm going to try to pay them a decent wage, and once I see how the business is doing, I'm probably going to up all their wages, because I'd rather, I've already got my lottery money, I already know I'm going to make money off of this business, why wouldn't I give some of that back to my employees, you know what I mean, like, make them happy, I don't have to be making, maybe I'm making the most money because I own it, but I don't have to be making that much more than the people working under me, because they should be making enough money to be happy to work there. I want them to come to work there and maybe even make a career out of this place. Maybe have so much fun that they don't want to work anywhere else. Plus, if you're paying a decent wage, you can get away with hiring better candidates because you're going to get those types of candidates who are going to apply and you can justify picking and choosing through them. Let's say I was paying them something like 18 or 19 an hour. Uh, 19 an hour being what I made in the warehouse when I was working in the negative 20 degree freezer, right? Like, that was a $19 an hour type job because it was dangerous. So let's say I'm actually paying them that. Well, first off, I'm going to tell them, you know, hey, there are other jobs out there. They're only going to pay you 10 bucks an hour to do something like this. I'm paying you 19 so I need a better, I need better quality out of you, which means I need you to be on time. I need you to look presentable. Now, I'm not one of those people that's going to harass an employee about tattoos and piercings and things like that and hair color. Like, I'd want my crew to look diverse and look wild, but they still have to look presentable, you know? And I'm not going to be somebody who's going to drug test people, but if you're going to come to work in a state of mind that's going to prevent you from doing your job, that's going to affect everybody, then I might have to say something to you. But... My policy would just be show up, look nice, be on time, do your job, do it the right way, and as long as everything's taken care of, have fun with it. You know, I'm not going to be a policeman about texting on the job or whatever, unless, of course, you're texting instead of doing your job, then I say something to you. But that would be how I would run the place, and I would get really good management team to run it. I'd have a good staff. I'd make sure I got some good bartenders, some good wait staff make sure I've got plenty of people to do maintenance on everything, and I would have everybody use that old Disney hospitality I would teach them. And, you know, it's kind of like what they say. You can be picky when you're when you're paying more like that. You can be picky about the people you bring in, you know, because you can afford to be. You want to justify these people getting paid that much. 
that was the big argument that I had with my old supervisor. I said, if you increase them from the seven twenty-five an hour you're paying them to let's say um, eleven, which is what they were paying me as the supervisor, which was still an underpaid position. But let's say you jack their money up to $11 an hour. You can sit them down now and you can go, all right, guys, here's the deal. So starting on the next paycheck, you're going to start making 11 an hour instead of 725. Everybody rejoices. And you're like, okay, but I'm going to start expecting $11 an hour worth of effort from you, which is versus what you were paying. That means I'm going to be stricter about things like being on time. Uh, the group I worked with had a bad habit of disappearing and being lazy and doing half-assed work which you can expect from a 7.25 an hour job. And I'm going to say, as soon as I increase this pay, I expect you to start picking up the slack. Because if you don't, I know I'm going to start getting resumes for this position because now that I'm paying better, people are going to apply for it. So if you won't do it, I'll bring in somebody who will. And that's how you get around that. That you either increase their efforts or you put somebody in the position who will do it. And that's what I would do with a $19 an hour job where you're greeting people and serving people at a giant entertainment complex, even if you're just the ticket taker. Yeah, well, you're going to take those tickets. You're going to do it with a smile on your face. You're going to be kind to the people. You're going to help them out if they got a question, blah, blah, blah. And if you're not going to do that, then there are plenty of other people who want to make this wage and do exactly that. And I'm going to bring them in and put them in your position. That is how you do it, my friends. I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like I'm some kind of business expert and entrepreneur, but I know if I ever ran a business, that is exactly how I would run it. It would be something that I would want to run. It would be something I'd have a blast running, and it would be something where I knew I would take care of my crew. And then that way, I know I'm not going to have this big, horrible turnaround. Like, that was the thing. Hotel front desk. My old general manager told me flat out, he goes, this is the biggest turnaround in the job industry or hotel front desk agents. And I said, well, it doesn't have to be that way. All we got to do is pay them well and treat them well, and they'll want to stay. And he's like, well, it doesn't work like that. Who says it doesn't work like that? Then open your own damn business and make it work like that. I'd have people, I would have resumes out the door. I'd have a waiting list of people who'd want to work here because I would make it a good environment for people. I would give them benefits. I'd give them bonuses, for God's sake. I don't know how I would work the bonus system in. You know, maybe it would be like, oh, sell them an up package or blah, blah, blah. Like, I would find ways to work with that stuff. But I know what kind of business I would like to run if I ever won the lottery. So I guess the only thing left to do now is to go out and start buying lottery tickets. Ugh. I wonder how much money I'd end up spending just to try to make this dream come true. Give myself this beautiful house and this wonderful business that may never, ever happen. But you know what? If the most business I ever do in my life is to find a way to do this, what I'm doing right now, and get actively paid for it. Um, our patrons do pay us for this service, so I am making some money. But most of the money I make from the patrons, actually almost all the money I make from the patrons, goes back into this kind of stuff. It goes into running the website. It goes into running the page and keeping shows like this free and also ad-free. Like, yes, we, we do the motivational vacation spot because Mr. Adrian Cotton is supporting us with his business. But I don't actually run any paid advertisements on this channel, and I don't want to. And as long as I've got patrons giving me that financial support, 
then yeah, I don't ever have to put ads on here. So that's why they're getting early access to this. And you guys are awesome, and I really do appreciate you guys. And everybody else listening to this on Wednesday, like, I love you guys too. You may not be supporting me financially, but I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just asking you to continue to support the channel, continue to support the things that I do. And when your advice, and thank you again, Brian, when your advice is as simple as talk about the things you want to talk about, like, you know, I, I can hear the passion in your voice that you're, you're so much more calm, you're so much more relaxed. Like, that's a really cool compliment. And as somebody who is really bad at taking compliments, and like I said, I'm, I'm a horrible critic of my own work and everything, like, that makes me feel good to hear that feedback. And I know other people have given me some really positive feedback. Um, another person who was very complimentary was Jeff Trelowitz, who knows all about doing one-man shows because all of his podcasts on this channel are one-man shows. Occasionally he has guests on, but he does enjoy doing the one-man stuff, and he knows how difficult that can be, and and he gave me a lot of encouragement that he said, yeah, I know it's not easy, but you did a great job, and keep doing it. So people like that are why I'm doing this in the first place. Like, you guys are why I do this. And I knew there was an audience for it when I saw the numbers, the sheer numbers I did on this episode just on the first day. I had over 20 views on day one, only a few hours after I put the episode out. And that was, that's a pretty nice little turnaround. You know, I know the Nerd Table does get a couple hundred people listening to that each week, but my show got a lot of the same numbers, and in some cases even a little faster. So I appreciate there even being an audience for me to sit here and just basically talk to you guys. I I always say I'm talking to myself, but in reality I am talking to you guys. So that's that's topic number one. Now, like I said, I, f- I found those get-to-know-you questionnaires. I have like 125 quote-unquote questions that I could probably turn into topics. However, it's, that's not going to necessarily be 125 episodes worth of things because, again, there's a lot of stuff on here that I couldn't necessarily do a whole episode on, and I might have to expand on it. But I'm going through all of these questions and everything, and I'm kind of turning them into episode topics one after another. And one of the first things was, you know, what would you do if you ever won the lottery? And I'm like, well, I've given that thought. It's a fun topic. We'll talk about that. So what would you guys do if you ever won the lottery? Oh, you know what? I almost forgot to mention this, and I don't want to end the show without mentioning this, but there's one more thing I would do with that lottery money. And maybe you guys won't be surprised to learn that this is even a thing, because I think people who know me, and I know most of the people listening to this are people who know me personally, and I think you guys know that, like... Even though my friendship circle has gotten significantly smaller, I've really come to treasure the friendships I've made, and I really hold on to those people really, really tightly. And as more and more people slip out of the circle, the ones who continue to stay and continue to prove that they want to stay, I hold on to them even tighter than I did before. So would this surprise any of you listening to this episode right now to know that I actually have a list of people... In a Word document on my computer, I could probably open it right now. Where is it? It's right here, right here in front of me. I have a list of people saved in a Word document that if I ever won the lottery, I would take care of them. I would give them something as just a gift. Um, I don't know how much necessarily I would pull out an amount that I could afford, because let's be honest... Even if I won $200 million, I could give $100 million of that away. Even, you know, between the house and opening the business and anything, I'm probably not going to spend $100 million. So I would I would give even 
50 million of it away, 25 million, whatever. Like I would give a percentage of it away to my friends just for being my friends. Like that's something I've actually thought of and I've actually got a list. Again, saved on my computer. I'm looking at it right now. I'm not going to start naming people on it because inevitably somebody's going to wonder if they're on the list and it might be more fun to make you wonder if you would make the list. But yes, I have a list of friends. If I ever won the lottery, I would give you money. Just up and give you money. As much as I could afford to give you without ruining, you know, my plans too. Because inevitably I still have to be a little selfish here and take care of myself and my future. But you guys would get taken care of and I would definitely give you enough Enough to do something with it that would make you really happy. Get your own dream house. Pay off all that debt and everything. Just have that money. And my circle does change every now and again. You know, there's like, it's like a guest list at a party. You've got your your definites, the ones that you know you're inviting first and foremost because you want them there. They're your closest friends. They've been your closest friends. They still text first. That's a thing. I know I'm usually the one who texts first, and I've experimented with some people about not texting them and seeing how long we go without talking, and for some people, it's months, and I start learning things. I learn things about people, but I, uh, I have a list. I have a lot of close friends, and if I had that lottery, you would get taken care of. I would give you something to just thank you for being my friend, for continuing to be my friend. Because I really, really, really do appreciate you guys. I And I know I'm not the best at showing it. I know I've got my own issues to deal with. I have a lot of things in my life I have to figure out. But I do have some very close friends who I do love and cherish very deeply. And I've always felt like friendship is even more important than family in a way. Because you don't choose your family. You choose your friends. And they choose you. So if you are on my list... You should hope that one day I'm going to win the lottery because you're going to benefit from that too. And if you are not on my list, are you going to make the grace to get on my list? Or are you not on the list for a reason? I'll let you guys ponder over that. But more than likely, if you're listening to this and we're considered pretty close friends, there's a chance you'd get something out of me. But yeah, that's, that is something that I've always had, and I, and I still hold it. Again, which is kind of funny to me because I don't play the lottery, and yet I have an actual list of people who I would give money to just for being my friend. So thank you for being my friend, and thank you for listening to this episode, and thank you for supporting the channel and all the great people who do work on it. Once again, I'm Chris O'Mealy. This has been my one-man podcast, and I will be back next Monday for the patrons and next Wednesday for the rest of you with another episode. What will I talk about? I don't know. I'll have to go down the list, find a subject that interests me, and figure that out. Once again, patrons, if you would like to help control the content, ask me a question, or give me something to talk about, something maybe philosophical, kind of like this, what would you do if you won the lottery? Let me know, and I will consider all patron topics. Or, I'll do what Brian suggested and talk about what I want to talk about. And I've got, well, 125 items, even if I condense it into 75. That's over a year's worth of shows right there. So there will be no shortage of things for me to talk about. And who knows, if your patron request is to make it a surprise, I will make it a surprise for you. Thank you again, everybody, and I'll see you next week.